And we have to have a living answer to a living problem. Now, just before lunch, we covered a specific phase, the area of business. And now we are going to cover the area of home and personal relationships, individual relationships. What is to be our attitude and our effort in our own homes? About a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago or something. I was talking in Maximum and the Grasshopper. I was talking at Minimum over Chino. The Maximum gets out a half hour before Minimum, and then we could go on over and spend the rest of the time in the other meeting. And in case you don't know who the Grasshopper is, Eddie Cochran. <laughs> Eddie Cochran. And so that meeting got over and we started for the coffee. And Eddie was chattered like a damn monkey. And he says, we went to a meeting the other night. And they asked if there were any beginners there, any new people there. And whose hand went up? He says, whose hand went up? And I said, oh, no, no. He says, my wife. <laughs> he says, I finally took this thing home. <laughs> I finally took this thing home. I guess he'd been in already for over ten years. And he'd finally taken it home. And his wife declared herself in. My wife and I had been married for twenty years. Prior to my demise and rebirth. And in the entire 20 years, she couldn't please me. She had never pleased me. From the very beginning, she had never been able to please me. Because what she did, she was supposed to do, wasn't she? <laughs> she was the wife of the great chamberlain. <laughs> you know? And what she did, she was supposed to do. And what she didn't do, I got dipped. She didn't love me enough. <laughs> you know? And she simply couldn't please me. We didn't have any real bad times together except over the, the liquor. But it was just the unrest. The, the never being really satisfied and happy with with a lot with my lot well she had considered breaking up the little partnership for some time but had never been able to bring herself around to it until the last trip out. She had finally decided that kids better not have any father than have a drunken father. So she had sought counsel 
to legally rid the household of something they hadn't had for a long time anyway. Me. Now, the only thing that she had ever been prepared to do in life, besides being a good wife and mother, was in theatrical business. She was very good. That's where the kid gets his stuff. And marrying me had scotched that. <laughs> and it was 20 years too late by this time. And so she had to have some way of feeding those kids and her mother who lived with us. So she went out and started a business course. She thought that having been a good pianist, the typing would be very easy for her. She ought to pick that up in a hurry. So she was going to learn how to type and read books and the like so she could feed the kids. Well, she brought a typewriter home with her, put it on the table, you know, out in the dining room. And I'd be laying back in that bedroom. <laughs> She's out there pecking the hell out of this typewriter. <laughs> Well, it didn't do very much for my nerves. <laughs> but as drunk as I was, I knew that you'd never make it. <laughs> you'd never be a typist as long as you lived. <laughs> and this didn't do anything good for my insides either. Might have been one of the things that helped me finally get to the program, I don't know. But I had this little experience that we talked about this morning, middle of January 46. And I called this woman in after I had gotten a place where I could talk. And I said to her, honey, it's no longer of any consequence to me whether I live under this roof or someplace else. It is absolutely of no importance to me at all. I'll never ask a thing of you as long as the two of us live but one. If I can ever add anything to your life, let me do it. And we close the book. And neither one of us knew what we were talking about. And I called the boys in. And I said, boys, there's no father in the household any longer. You don't need to love me, you don't need to respect me, and you don't need to obey me. I'll never ask a thing of you as long as you live but one. If I ever have anything, be it money, counselor, or blood, that will add to your life, let me give it to you. And we closed that book. And it was never reopened. And inasmuch as there is no way that we can change a thought or act of yesterday. There was no sense in dwelling on that end of the deal. What had been done was done. 
And so my intent was to do something for them now. And I started trying to do this to add to their lives. And again, with no expectancy. I never had any more thought that that household would be put back together than they had planned to move. And for my first six months in the program, I never even talked with them about AA. I never said a damn word to them about it. I'd put on my hat and I'd go to an AA meeting. And I'd come back home and think about it all night. Very little sleep. And then I'd do what I could the next day and go to another meeting. But I never, I never spoke with them about it at all. I did, however, by the book, the first meeting I went to and I brought it home. And unknown to me, she read the book. Not once, but probably many times. And I never said anything to them about the program until the six months period was over. And I had awakened to the fact that I was sober and had been all the time. And then I started to take Mrs. C with me to meetings. She indicated that she'd like to go. And I think the second great awakening, the first being the awakening that I was sober and had been all the time. The second one was that something had happened in the household. There wasn't any fighting anymore. There wasn't any uh, uh, blue papers passing around. <laughs> and there, there was just a new house somehow or another. And somehow, the woman was for the first time in my life very satisfactory. She didn't have to do anything. There were no demands. She didn't have to be there. She didn't have to come or go or cook or clean or anything else. And she did them. And it was a plus. She didn't have to. Formally, it was a demand. That was her business, you know. She was my wife. <laughs> And now there were no demands, and she was doing it, and so it was a plus. And so this thing put itself together, and we've had 17 of the most wonderful years you ever heard tell of. Same woman. The same kids. Now. We were talking about giving each other the right to make our own mistakes. I believe this has to go through every relationship, including our own wives and our own kids. We have to give them the same right that we have. I believe we said this morning that God loved us enough to allow us to make our own mistakes that we might the sooner 
run out of her own resources and come back home. Now, we've got to carry this thing through on the family level also. We've got to give our wives and our kids the right to make their own mistakes. We've got to give them the right to find their own answers, even as you and I had to find out. I remember 